Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books of Firewater podcast. We apologize for any inconvenience this may cause. Each week, these idiots bear cocktails with comic books. We're a drinking podcast. We're the comic book problem. If Brian gets his shit together, it'll be... No, we can just blame Brian. It's fine. Bro, it's Wait, all fault. <laughs> hey. Oh, man, that would have been really... Yeah. Zoom, get your act together. <laughs> I knew that would get dangerous. Shake the shit out of it. Pointing out the errors in my way. Hey, hey. me. <laughs> I know, it's my own damn fault. Okay. Hey, great. I'm on Zoom on the weekend now, too. Thank you for your understanding, and please enjoy the show. I don't know how much like I'm going to keep that. Do it. Do it. Wow. We are starting one minute after our scheduled time. Like, that's a new record for us. That's like fast. Oh, I thought it was Woo-hoo! at six. No. 6.30. Oh, that's why I've been sitting up here like an asshole for a half hour waiting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I didn't put it in my camera calendar. I had to go back and look at the text messages to be sure that it was when I thought it was. Um, anyway, I don't remember what episode this is. So welcome to episode whatever. Uh, this is our last episode in our month of horror books. Um, we are doing a book called Infidel from the Image Line. My copy is somewhere behind me. Todd, who uh, wrote and directed, wrote and illustrated this? Wrote and directed it, yes. <laughs> Via Rubia and Powell by Pichette uh, and Campbell. I said that one so bad. I apologize. The writer is Porn Sack. Porn I wish sack? I was making that up. Porn Sack. Porn Sack. Okay. P-O-R-N-S-A-K. Okay. How would okay. you pronounce that? I don't know. Okay. I like a good sack in my porn. See? Porn you sack. Would. Porn sack. Porn sack. And the artist is Aaron Campbell. Okay. So, right. Uh, so that's who uh, did that. Okay. Uh, and like, if you read the back cover of this, you read the inside cover of this, anyone who is anyone has written a rave review for this book. Um, yes. Yeah. And yeah. probably, with, I, I'm assuming we're all going to agree, uh, with a good reason to do so. Um, but the, oh, first, before we get into it, we will, uh, we will go round Robin through, uh, the lovely people I have displayed upon my computer in front of me. Uh, we will start to my left, uh, on my screen, doesn't matter to anybody else, but we have Ms. Lena. Hi, Lena. Hi. Hi, everybody. I'm Lena. I'm an event manager out of the New York, Connecticut area, uh, soon to be Denver. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Uh, <laughs> One so, less time zone to deal with. Hooray for exactly. me! Exactly. Die. <laughs> so should make it should make things a little bit easier. Although it hasn't been too bad lately. Um, but yes, I'm I'm trading in the beach again for the for to go back to the mountains. So I'm excited. What's the song by? The guys who did the theme song to Phineas and Ferb, which I know I'm not talking to the right audience to know the answer to that. Oh, oh, Bowling for Soup. Yes, on their first album, they have a song called There's No Surf in Colorado. You may need to look that up. Yeah. It's an awesome there song. Isn't. But you've got mountains and no humidity, which is way better amazing. than everything right now. And <laughs> yes. amazing. Horrible yeah. right now here. So I will take, I mean, the last couple of days in Denver has been like 98 with 4% humidity. So it's been a desert basically in, yeah. in, uh, in Denver, but I'll take it over the 80 degrees and 95% humidity. I want to shoot myself. So 
Yes. Uh, I drove back from Phoenix yesterday, and it was 113 from Phoenix. How long's your drive, my friend? About six hours. Each way. That's not that bad. Yeah, that's not bad. The things people do for love. Yeah. I mean, come on. (laughs) Um, Below Lena, (laughs) we have Mr. Adam. Everyone's shaking their head at me. <laughs> hey guys, Adam uh, up here, Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, so we we keep on getting emails uh, from our our movie studios asking us about, hey, when you start reviewing movies again, remember to send us your reviews. And a couple of us are like, eh, we don't really want to encourage people to go to the movies. And let's keep on getting higher and higher. Um, so they're they're kind of starting now to offer us uh, links to shows or movies that are coming out like on streaming before they come out, so we can get people interested into them. Interested in? Oh God, I'm I'm tired. It's been a long. Day. Are they hiding from Chris Nolan as they do this? No, that's still plenty. So uh, okay, it's officially happening on the 28th. I believe they're they're saying they're finally putting New Mutants out in theaters. And as much as I do want to see that, I, I'm not going there. So tough shit. Uh, but yeah, Tenet still plans. They're still planning to release it next month. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Um, so we've, I've been talking to my friend Brooks, and we've been trying to discuss how we can ethically review films. So as of right now, we're just kind of looking for the streaming stuff. So you might start seeing things pop up again. It's just, it's been a while, so there hasn't been, there's been nothing The Old Guard is amazing. What is it? The Old Guard on Netflix. I, I'm still trying to finish uh, Lucifer before the new season launches. Oh, well, it's a film starring Charlize Theron from a uh, comic written by Greg Rucka, who also did the screen. Oh, okay. Well, I know that uh, HBO just launched uh, Lovecraft Country, and it's mm-hmm. really, really good. The first episode just came out. Oh, as we record this, the series is over, or the first season. But uh, it was kind of funny how the ties, the things of racism and everything else tied into this book we're reading. So... Yes. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't watched it, Lovecraft Country is great. Maybe I'll maybe I'll start reviewing TV shows. There you that's go. Something that I can do. There you go. So, but yeah, doing well. I uh, got promoted at work, so I, I start Yay. that job. Um, they're fighting over who gets me when, so I'm kind of doing half my new job you and half slut. my old job. I know. Uh, so, but that would be nice to get to uh, get to change my diet up, though, because I'll be doing a lot more sitting two days a week. Ah, so. uh, mm. that's a bummer. But I get weekends off, so that's a fun thing. Hey, weekends off. It's crazy. I know. Someday I hope to have a normal job with normal days off. It might happen. I've never had a normal job with normal days off, so this this pleases me. <laughs> the man who lives for his normal days off, who also uses his daughter's baby spoon to make his drinks. We have Mr. Todd. Don't dish on the spoon. It's I'm awesome. not. It's kind of brilliant. <laughs> it is brilliant. I just need to make sure and slap her away whenever she wants a sip of it. I'm like, no. <laughs> This is daddy's soot juice. This is daddy's juice. Stay away. So, hey, I'm Todd. I'm just um, on top of Adam, just north of him in Salt Lake. So, um, I don't review movies. I review comics on this show. There's not a lot else to talk about right now. Not that we yeah. can legally talk about without, you know, legal prosecution. All those NDAs we signed for our podcast. Mm. I mean, yeah, for this I the have NDAs actually, I have signed are interesting. I've signed a few on my own. Uh-huh. So what's really, really funny is my, my new manager um, was talking to me about, you know, it's like, hey, you have to sign a confidentiality agreement with this new position. Like, how are you with, uh, with, with that kind of stuff? I'm like, okay, so you know I'm a film critic. He's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm like, I'm still under NDAs for movies that came out five years ago, and I still can't talk about stuff that they were supposed to do but didn't. 
So I'm pretty good with those. He's like, point taken. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And uh, hey, I'm Brian. Uh, I do sound and shit in California. Um, also, so Todd, have you ever heard of, was it Glenn Roths? G-L-E-N-R-O-T-H-E-S. The Glenn Roths? Glenn Roths. Glenn Roths. Glenn okay. Roths. So I bought a little sampler. Yeah, so I bought a little right? sampler of three of theirs to try. I have a Sherry cast, cask reserve. I have mm-hmm. a vintage reserve and a bourbon cask reserve. What should I try first? You said you like wine lately? I'd like, I mean, I, I still like bourbon. I just, I was thinking we should add wine to this just so we have some variety, really. Do the sherry. The sherry is the sweet one, right? Okay. So if you're yeah. like, I want the mm-hmm. sweetest one, do All the right, sherry cask. While I pour this out, Adam, do you want to give us our cocktail for this week? Uh, yes. So uh, I actually tried it. It's right here. It's not in a martini glass. And it's, um, this is actually, a decent amount of alcohol, but it's a lot of melted ice because I'm not fancy enough for that shit. Uh, but it's called the Jump Scare. Mm-hmm. And this is, and make sure you use, you know, you're using the good alcohol for this because it is like a martini. So you put a martini glass in the freezer. In a shaker, you add three ounces of gin, one ounce of vodka, and a half ounce of Lille Blanc. Uh, if you don't have that, you can use a half shot of uh, a sweet vermouth with a bit of lemon. You're going to take a lemon peel. You're going to rim the edge of the martini glass. Yeah, you will. Add mm-hmm. the liquid ingredients. Yeah. God, I love that <laughs> rim job. Mm. Uh, add the liquid pucker. ingredients. <laughs> uh, you make your own pucker that way. Uh, <laughs> add the ingredients to a shaker. Shake the shit out of it. Strain into the uh, martini glass. And then you garnish with that little lime peel. Dude, that's like the cousin to James Bond's drink. That actually is exactly James Bond drinks. And I was reading a story about James Bond, which is where I got the inspiration. <laughs> yeah, that is the cousin to a Vesper blend. Yeah. Yes. So that and was... the Lilith Blanc oh, is in my favorite drink, the Corpse Survivor number two. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so buy some Lilith Blanc because it's, it's a fortified wine. It's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah. I'm okay with the Sherry Cask Reserve. It's a little, a little oh, spidey. It's a little spicy. Oh, it's okay. not bad. But it's a little, you know, a little bit of that. Um, anyway, so this book this week uh, is called Infidel. Uh, the basic gist of it is it's a, a apartment in New York where you eventually learn that there was um, essentially like a, a bombing, which was uh, believed to be connected to a um, Islamic terrorist or whatnot. But basically, overall, you come to find out it's it's a haunted house with racist fucking ghosts. Um like real fucking racist ghosts. So basically the only way to live in this apartment building safely is to be white. Does that seem to be a general gist? Well, of this? Just racist in general. Yeah. I mean, it, all the ghosts are, yeah. Cause like it, the first bit of the book focuses on um, Islamic characters, but then it sort of expands to anyone who's not white, who enters in the building is going to get fucked up pretty much. Uh, so yeah. So, I mean, uh, there was also like a, I think a very apt, uh, connection in one of the forwards that was written about uh, the, uh, the similarities between Jordan Peele's Get Out, which I thought was very apt. Uh, but yeah, I just kind of want to open this up because I know I've talked to a few of you about it already. Um, I know most of us liked it, but I want to kind of start getting people's uh, takes on... Oh, wait. Shit, we forgot drinking games. Sorry. Before Please, I was about to jump in. <laughs> yes. Um, I have one and I'm going to steal it because I'm afraid that someone else is going to take Ooh, it. Uh, anytime you see uh, an X slash cross... Um, which plays into the story a lot. Uh, take a drink. Uh, Lena, do you got one? Yeah. Um, wait, do I see something? Uh, every time <laughs> someone looks at a space where they thought they saw one of these creepy things, ghost, mm-hmm. goo, goblin things, uh, take a drink. Nice. 
Uh, Mr. Todd. Every time you go to a page and you go, well, that's not right. Be dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Adam. So originally I was going to do like a racism thing, but then I was reading the afterword where they were talking about, you know, doing jump scares in comics and how it does or doesn't work. And so along with my drink, I'm going with the jump scare. So every time you turn a page and something jumps out, take a drink. That actually is a great place to jump in on this conversation because mm-hmm. this is one of the few times that I've actually really read a comic and went, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen a book, like, genuinely kind of scare me in, in, in this way. And I, I mean, from the nodding faces I have at me, I'm assuming there are a few people who had that similar experience. So, in general, I'm not a big horror movie fan, but I am a huge horror comic book fan. Mm-hmm. What's interesting watching with it back and forth is I think the biggest difference is um, with comics, you kind of control the pace to a point mm-hmm. and there's no music. Yeah. So reading it, it's um, with horror in general, as you're watching it is it's um, forcing the pace and the tension is truly the challenge. And this does it masterfully. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you lack the music that kind of uh, telegraphs everything coming. Because if you don't know anything else, if you just listen to if you, if you like make the picture black but listen to the soundtrack on a horror movie, mm-hmm. you've got the whole thing going on. And that's true of most movies, let's be clear. Yeah. But with that, this here, it's missing, and yet they're making up for it. Yeah. So yeah. it requires the artist to work harder and with the spacing and the reading, and you go back or you flip forward, and it's still has the impact of it so what this book did so well is impact of the moment and i think when uh horror comic books are done right it actually shows what comics do best no i think you're right i also think that um it's uh, as much as i think the artist deserves a lot of credit for the great work that that he has done he or she has done um i don't remember hey um I think the writer also is obviously has been a very accomplished um, editor in his own right. This is his first book, but um, I read a little bit of his, his bio mm-hmm. and he's edited for a lot right. of people. His knowledge of how to properly set up a comic and write it is obviously on, you know, on display here. Cause like oh, that yeah. pacing of how he, they were able to create that is really impressive. Um, Landon, you're nodding at me huge. So uh, yes. what are your thoughts? So- I, I mean, obviously, I only started reading comics uh, about a year ago, I guess, with you guys. And, well, hey! I mean, but we still ago. love you. We love that we dragged you to the dark side. And, <laughs> and um, I read it yesterday. She's aged one... 20 years in a year. <laughs> okay. oh, well, that that's also just... might be the because of Connecticut, not really because of the comic books, but that's a whole other thing. Um but I, I sat down and I read it yesterday, and um, like you taught, I'm, I'm, I said it before, I'm not a big horror movie fan. I don't understand, like, mm-hmm. the jump scares. I'm not big on them. I don't go to horror, like, um, like haunted houses and stuff like that, like, horror nights that they have and everything. I don't like it. I don't like when people are, like, right in my face. It freaks me out. I'm not, like, get out of my bubble. Um which is why I actually kind of like social distancing, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, social distancing has so, been perfect uh, for me. I've loved it. Wonderful. <laughs> so, but this book was, um, it held my interest the entire time, which is not easy for me. Cause if it's not like, if there's, if it's not written well, I, it takes 
forever for me to get through stuff. Like if it's good, I'll read it real fast. But if it's subpar or shitty, I either am going, I go, well, I'm out or I, it takes me forever to finish it. Um, and I loved that there was this like evolution of everyone just like totally, Mm -hmm. you really, you think everything's great and then realize everybody's fucking racist. And the question then that I had was, (laughs) 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 but the question I had was, are they being infected by these beings that are, you know, that have infected, that are a part of the building? You know, it's like that whole piece of everybody seems to be cool. And then as, as time goes on, even Tom, who, you know, he's, He's dating, um, <coughs> excuse me, a Muslim girl. I mean, they're, are they married? I think they're, just uh, they're engaged. They're engaged. Yeah. And, and, then, and then she's helping take care of his daughter from a previous marriage where his wife yes. died. But, but when her friend gets, like, when he thinks he catches her friend who's black, you know, with all this, and not understanding kind of what's going on, it just feels like it's more, it, it's seen like we're, racism is like this infection you're not born mm-hmm. with it you're not an it's not an innate thing it's something that you, that like creeps in without you even realizing it and then all of this happens and yeah. it so it so that was kind of what i i got from it but the story tells it like and mm-hmm. and the fact that the stuff like these these ghosts and like really creepy and i think and we'll, we can get to the the art later but like every time one of these these ghosts or creatures or whatever come out they're fucking creepy Mm -hmm. like oh yeah and the way that they're drawn is so good because it's like they're kind of blurry but it's really it it just you can tell that that doesn't it's not supposed to be there kind of thing and um but it's like as things go on it's like everyone turns into this like well you're you know i don't you know i'm not racist but but like Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I just, that's how I saw it was where are they, you know, is, is the building, which also had a very, like they mentioned Ghostbusters, so that whole thing. Oh, that like, was a little bit of a weird little side note kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Where it was like, well, the, the person had stuff in the walls and that's, and you're like, what the hell is all this? I don't, like, my drinking game was almost ready player one. Every time they did some nostalgia bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of read that as partially a, they were using it to discount what possibly might be going on. And I also partially read that it might be part of, I almost sort of like in a Lovecraftian kind of way where like there's a guy who's obsessed with the occult who somehow created this vortex sort of like, you know, Ghostbusters. And so like there is a negative energy that is, you know, consumed within that building and that might be taking people out. I kind of saw that. And then, and I don't know, I, I think. There's a lot left open to the audience to kind of pick up on what they sort of think. And like at first, I kind of felt bad for the mother because, like, actually, when we were supposed to record this last year, I was actually dating a Muslim girl. And like, we would like go out to mm-hmm. dinner and to a Muslim restaurant. And I like went to like hold her hand as we walked out, and she would freak out because I was like, because I, I didn't even think about it. Like, just as a, a thing, like, hadn't didn't occur to me that like that was a no-no like men and women touching in a muslim restaurant was like a really bad idea and i was like oh shit sorry 
So I kind of felt a little bit bad for the mother, but then also, as you kind of described it as a, a thing that sort of slowly seeps in, it almost is like a thing where like the mother had good intentions and was trying to be open-minded, but like the building or like just racism in general was sort of seeping into her through the environment, um, you know, and, and that might be, that, that could definitely be a commentary on a lot of things, uh, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam, I haven't heard quite from you yet, although I have to mention that uh, when you are uh, vaping over there, it looks like a Snoop Dogg video. It's pretty awesome on the camera. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and none of you listening can tell because I mute my mic. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so one of the things I really enjoy when we do these types of graphic novels is I'd never heard of it. Mm-hmm. I just knew it was going to be like a horror comic because we're doing that theme this month. So I go to the first page and, you know, the, the first cover they show, because I'm doing digital, and I'll come back to why I think this should be read physically, not digitally. Uh, and there's the girl with the hijab, and I'm like, or is that what they're called? Like, hijab is correct, yes. Hijab, yeah. It works. And I was like, oh, this is a ghost story about a, a Muslim woman. So mm-hmm. immediately I'm, I'm thinking back to like, you know, 9-11 and racism and everything that's been going on in this country since forever, you know, and then as you're going on, you just, you, you very much see that. Yes. These, the, they don't really give an explanation of where the ghosts came from or these creatures, but it's very obvious while not being ham handed that the, this is a malevolent physical, almost manifestation of racism. And mm-hmm. if you, if you look back, one of my favorite horror movies of all time is the Babadook. And I know some oh, yeah. people who saw it and thought it was creepy didn't get the ending where this creature now lives in her basement and she feeds it worms. I'm like, well, the Babadook is a manifestation of, of grief and how she wasn't dealing with spoiler alert. Her, her husband dies by the hospital to give birth to her son. And she's kind of blamed her son for that ever since and never dealt with the grief. And uh, my therapist actually is really big on dealing with grief. And so I mentioned that movie to her and she's ecstatic to go watch it now. Uh, hmm. But no, these, these monsters were the manifestation of, of racism. And I like the fact that you never really got, an origin story because I mean, racism has been around forever. You know, we, mm-hmm. we look at, like I was talking about Lovecraft country earlier. It's taking place during Jim Crow 1950s where black people are kind of trying to, they're going through like sunset towns or sunset counties and all this horrible shit's happening. And what was almost more interesting was that it, it didn't really feel like to me that the, the ghosts were bringing racism out of people, but People just, you know, everyone, no matter how woke you are, blah, 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 there's, there, if you're a white person with this kind of privilege, there is a little piece of you that, that holds on to probably some racist ideals without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. And when you notice those things, you've got to address them immediately. I'll, I'll never forget. I was at, when I moved to Utah, I was at a swimming pool, <clears throat> had all my stuff on my little chair, you know, like my shirt, my, my keys and everything. And these five Hispanic kids walked by, probably 13 to 14. And for whatever reason, my mind popped up. I hope they don't steal my shit. And like 25 white people walked by. And it took me aback because I don't, I think of myself as a pretty non-racist person. And I tried, I tried to see equality in this and that. But it was still there. And it just, it fucked me up for a good 20 minutes. I kind of just sat there and like, what the fuck is wrong with me? But then I realized that, hey, there's, there's something that inside of me that I didn't know was there. But now that I know it, I can address it. Yeah. And we look at these people and I don't know if they live there or not, but her one friend who was Korean, uh, all of a sudden when they thought, Oh, she might've killed her, you know, soon to be mother-in-law or, and possibly mm-hmm. her daughter, like, Oh, she did it. Why? Because she's Muslim. And we talk about the explosion that happened. There was a Muslim dude who had was 
you know, keeping all these explosives in his house and putting them outside and that it blew up because a neighbor was an idiot. Oh, well, he's a terrorist and blah, 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 this and that. For all we know, he saw the spirits and was worried about them. I mean, spoiler alert, if you want to skip ahead for the ending, I mean, the main character, at the very end, one of them, she blows up the basement because the creatures are down there with her. So she used the same kind of technique to try to get rid of them. And then it ends with the fact that, okay, just because the top floor got blown off, the basement got blown off, but this house is built with concrete. I mean, at a very big point to say it's not wood, it's concrete, and it's sturdy and it's not falling down. So what other metaphor do you need for the fact that racism is always going to be there? You can try to take out its roots. It's still living there. It's not going to fall over. We have to deal with it as we see it, but it's not going away. And especially right now, I mean, this was written four years ago before the whole Black Lives Matter movement, before mm-hmm. you know the justice for Breonna Taylor, like, it's always been there and it's up to us to try to fix it. But that foundation is incredibly strong and I don't have an easy answer on how to fix it, but we have to know it's there and we have to address it. And there's my soapbox. I will now sit no, down I, and take the, a drink. Oh, you're right. <laughs> the interesting thing too, is like, I'm, I'm currently writing my final paper for um, a class and I'm, it's for a negotiation class. And so I'm writing about the negotiation between the name change of uh, the Washington football team. And it is very interesting how long people have been saying, hey, you should change this name. Like, it goes back a really, really long time. And, like, there are some crazy moments in the history of this argument that I'm like, how has anyone paid attention to this? But, like, um, I think, I don't know exactly where I was going to go with that, but one thing I wanted to add on to your uh, thought process is, um, is, although you say, like, you know, it's very strong with all the concrete in the building, the other thing I think I take from that is, is that to get rid of racism, you really need to sort of, create an infrastructure that contains it and then destroy it from there. You know what I mean? It's almost like you, ha- it's, it's almost a commentary of like, you have to sort of use, I don't know, more organized means to try to contain it, or at least, you know, build a stronger front against it before you can completely destroy it as well. Um, and I, I do agree with that, but the very, very last shot of the whole comic is the people who bought the building to like read. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is the guy sitting there with like the creature coming out. So, mm, Okay. Yeah, I mean, no, no. I like what you're saying. I really think that. You no, have to... but but you're right because I was I was skipping part of that metaphor. So no, you're right. I missed that part, or at least I wasn't. So. I, I read it, but I wasn't thinking about. It, so not you're you're on it. You're definitely on it as well. well no, but I, I like your idea though. Trust me, it's a yeah. it's a great idea. Yeah, so. no. But Sorry, I, I I also want to talk about the commentary and kind of to go back to what you just said, Adam, about that the owner that bought it. They talked about. Well, they, you know, they should just rip it down and start all over. And they're like, no, they want to contain the history or they want to like oh, keep what's already here. And so it's like we have it's this tie that for whatever reason mm-hmm. we have in this country that we don't we want to keep every bit of history and every bit of everything. That Even though it was poor, it's it's problematic. There's obviously something wrong with the building and 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 the, it may still be standing, but obviously like maybe look into why there's been such a freaking issue with this building that you've had two bombs go off and like maybe think about it. And instead it's this, Oh no, we're just going to keep it. We want to keep the, you know, the building and we're just going to revamp it. And it's like, okay, but that's not going to change anything. It's like taking one of the the Robert E. Lee like statues and putting a new hat on him. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. So it's it's those kinds of things that I just I thought was really interesting that they even brought up the fact that they're like they should just they were talking about ripping it down and then the guy that's going to own it is like no 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 we're not going to rip it down and it's like 
God. Okay. Well, it's going to happen again. Like yeah. you, you can right. do whatever you want to it. These, these creatures are there, especially because I did like that. They said that they couldn't even get through the renovations when the first bomb went off. Oh yeah. They couldn't get any of the stuff through. And the question then becomes who are a majority of construction workers, especially in New York city. Mm-hmm. And it's Puerto Rican. It's yeah. It's, you're talking about non-white very, and mm-hmm. very rarely is it somebody that is totally white. It's, you know, it's it, New York's full of non-white people. And those, those blue collar people tend to be not white. Yeah. And so you wonder, can they not get people to, to finish the job because they too are seeing these it's... creatures come out of the wall and they're like, Nope, I'm out. <laughs> I don't live here. I don't need to be here. Peace. <laughs> um, yeah. Those I think things. Additional to that. I mean, I think the other thought is, is that if you take the metaphor of like rebuilding it and then it's starting all over again, it's like, there's a cycle to, you know, racism flares up in a significant way. It never completely goes away, but it, it flares up every so often to a point like, I mean, basically seeing a flare up now where it's similar to things that have happened in the past. And so unfortunately, I mean, hopefully we get lots of things resolved now, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the end of all of it. This is the unfortunate truth yeah. of all of it. But anyway, uh, anybody else have any thoughts you want to jump in on this? Uh, one thing I'll go back to that was interesting about the, <clears throat> they didn't even fix up the one apartment, the one that had blown up was that, and they kind of actually talked about the fact that you've got this, this Muslim character living on the top floor above it and they're the only ones up there so why do they matter of course they didn't fix it It doesn't matter if they see it every single day because they caused it so that's i don't know that was it was just i i was fully surprised by this book and that rarely happens and it was especially again with everything going on today it just it, Mm -hmm. it resonated a lot and this is and yeah again you may call us oh we're all woke justice warriors blah 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 it's like that's kind of the point of the book is like, you need to open your eyes and realize what's going on. And if you aren't seeing it now, after all the shit that's happened in the last three, four months, especially, uh, good, good job voting for Trump again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think of the title infidel? Cause I was chewing on this. If I don't, if the, if it's not called infidel, what else would you call it? Ghostbusters three. Because you tell me, you take the word infidel. An infidel is basically someone of another religion that's not yours that you see as less than of. Uh, heathen would be the other thing, too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Heathen sure. would be a good one. But infidel just seems so much more loaded. Uh, in this day and age, would, it really is. Well, and heathen would, for me, still, I still think of white people. Yeah. Because that's, heathen's no. more of a non-Christian sort of ideal yeah. more than anything else. Um, well, actually, I would say, you know, as, as someone who was raised Southern Baptist and pretty much in a cult, uh, you know, the heathens were kind of more what was used to describe people who weren't Christian. Infidel, if you say infidel to me, I automatically think of a jihadist who's talking about someone who's not Muslim mm-hmm. or the wrong type of Muslim, according to them, which is, again, a very, very small sect of, of Islamic people. It's not we can spend three hours going off on that. Mm-hmm. Sure. So but no, it's. Yeah, Heathen would be a good one. Um, I don't know, maybe like Outcast. I know there's already an Outcast comic. I think we read that, didn't we? I think we read the first book of it. I mean, I, I've still yeah. been reading that book. I'm enjoying it, but I don't think the TV show lasted. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> we could probably write a uh, dissertation on this uh, book pretty easily. Um, 
luckily we're trying to kind of keep it short here. Uh, anybody yeah. final final things they want to throw out, or, or you guys said most of what you want to say? It's creepy as hell, and I'm glad I read it. Yeah. Oh, oh, my point I was going to make about digital. <clears throat> yes. So, oh, yes. Uh, you know how much I do the digital comic because when I move, I don't want to take 50,000 boxes of stuff. Oh, you mean I like understand me? that point. <laughs> yes, like, like you two who just, you know, moving. Uh, and as I mentioned last week, it was free on Comixology, so I did that. But we were talking about the jump scares and how, how it, was, it was scary. So it was still scary, but when you're sliding a page, maybe if I would have been guided, you would have been different. Mm-hmm. When you slide it, you can kind of see it, so it doesn't have quite that shock value of just flipping a page and also be like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, like it's not quite as in your face. So and Linda's looking did, right at me. Yeah, I did. I did guided view. Okay, and uh-huh. it was it like all of a sudden you just had like the dude in red in front of the bookcase, totally nude. Yeah, and oh, I yeah. was like, "What in the fuck did I just turn?" <laughs> it, like you were like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> next, next." So guide if you're gonna do it. On in on comicsology or whatever, yeah, guided view is is perfect for this. Yeah, for this and book. I don't I don't normally do guided view because I read very very quickly. So for me, it wasn't. But with this kind of book, if you're going to do digital, do the guided view because it's that will give you that surprise. Because again, it was still creepy as hell, and I still got that oh fuck. But it mm-hmm. wasn't that visceral like jump out and be like oh Jesus fucking Christ like it's mm-hmm. not like Resident Evil Seven in fucking VR or anything. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that was that would be the one of the few books I would highly recommend. You know, either do the guided view or or do the physical version because it's going to make a difference in your in, in your and where experience. I really right. And where I also see this as a big elevation from, and I'm not poo pooing on necessarily, but um, Thirty Days of Night was another ongoing series that was in the horror genre. And, and then the writer actually has a, a blurb on the back of this book. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Right. Steve Niles wrote uh, that. Yeah, Niles yeah, wrote that. He has a blurb on the back of this book. Oh, look at that. Good for him. <laughs> didn't, didn't we not like that book, though? I didn't we, mind the story. Uh, I hated the art. That's what the was. art was tough here, but this, um, this elevated the art. Oh, yeah. Was a, um, and maybe Ben Templesmith is better than he is now, than he was then. Right? <laughs> That's the hope. But the, um, the colorist, as, as everything that goes on here, I think the biggest, uh, not an unsung hero, but I mean, the pace, I mean, this is a master class in a book mm-hmm. and you look at every single bit of it i mean the coloring you look at that cover where it's all these deep rich brooding reds and then you've got this ghastly blues that just seems like they don't belong and as you go through it and the art isn't the most complex art out there by any means but it every page of it is a master class of i wish to execute a horror book it's like have you read infidel do what they did yeah, so, um, really yeah, speaking on the coloring, too, there's a special feature, at least on the back of the physical copy I have, that shows all the layers of color that he does for the cover of the oh. book, which is really cool. I don't know if it's on all copies, but, like, it literally goes through layer by layer by layer of the different colors that he's added um, to make that cover look the way that it does. It's pretty fascinating. I'm going to look right now at mine. But, yeah, it's... It's amazing. It is one of my. I've been singing the praises of this ever since I read it the first time. That, is, that, yeah. is that what you're talking about, yeah. Brian? Uh, yeah. Well, like if you keep going through, there's like more versions of it. Like where like even goes through like every detail of like the hand. Like all, yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there. Mm-hmm. Where it shows all of the different details of like this kind of shading on the hand and all sorts of stuff. It's pretty interesting. 
to show all the different stuff he put in there to make that kind of work, which is fascinating from a right. coloring When standpoint. you ask why does it take longer to do non-manga comics, it's that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it has a little interview with him as they're talking about, you know, how he did it. So that's, yeah. I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't get that. I, I normally get to the end. I'll read the afterward and then I'll, because I don't, I'm not a big, yeah, the covers are fine, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do like the special features and some, some of them are good, some of them are not. Like, some of them are a little, like, self-congratulatory. This one I felt like was right. brief and to the point and actually helpful and sort of, you know, actually insightful and not to, like, oh, look how great we are. It was like, oh, this is what I did, you know, um, which is kind of nice as well because, you know. I, this book belongs in a college course. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, evaluate and going thing here. This one right here and in all the best ways. It's this. This should be part of a college curriculum. Of this is look how this was done. Yeah. yeah. No, it definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I think that's a good place to go out on. Um, actually, guess what? Congratulations, kids. This was what episode one hundred and eighty. Nice even number. Hey! Because I, I needed to see uh, what our next book was. <laughs> do we so. want to really fast do our grades? Oh yeah. I mean, do we really need to? I think it's going to be pretty obvious. But uh, yeah, Adam, yeah. what's your grade? Uh, a plus. I, okay. I, I loved it. I want to uh, see it. I want people to read it. Lena? Yes. A plus. Todd? The Fonz. A. 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 <laughs> and I'll also go with an A plus. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very impressive book. Um, and uh, if, if our cranky asses can all be universal, universally praising it, it tells that it's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, cool. So, I mean, kind as of... long as you stay off my lawn while you're reading it. <laughs> Damn kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh we start november uh we're doing indigenous people's month uh next month and so our first book is going to be called three feathers um and i don't know anything about it i'll be honest i'm going into this blind i think we all are um but we're gonna do three feathers red power secret path moonshot a girl called echo and then um i have an alternate that we might use or might not use but there's a book called trickster that actually we had looked at as a possible book that we're going to do for the next month and it actually was at the bookstore at the Grand Canyon, which mm. was pretty interesting. So I picked that up there as well. So uh, I have a lot of reading to do for this next coming month, but uh, we're going to be starting out with a book called Three Feathers. Um, and uh, we're going to try not to sound like overly woke white people when discussing indigenous people's books. Um, fingers crossed. Thanks, Lana. <laughs> we're going to try real, real hard, <laughs> I promise. Uh, but yeah, so that should be it. Uh, anybody else got anything? Nope. Uh, go check out Lovecraft Country. Okay. If you haven't watched it yet. Cool. Uh, with that, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you all later. Bye. Bye. Where's that end button? Oh, there it is.